And before I even eat breakfast, I'll, you know, set up, okay, okay, I'm gonna do 10 rounds as fast as I can of 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups, 10 squats. Knock that out. That's gonna take me, what, 15 minutes? By the end, I'm sweating my ass off and, you know, my chest is burning, my legs are burning. And it's just, you know, a nice, quick workout. Hello, this is Andy Steves with the Andy Steves Travel Podcast. Today we're touching base with Ryan O'Donnell, a CrossFit instructor and good friend of mine who's taken up expat life in Prague. We go over all sorts of tips on how to stay healthy on the road, what it's like to live abroad, and of course we dig into some insider tips on Prague like our favorite restaurants, sites, and nightlife. I'm excited to catch up a bit with Ryan as he's totally switched up his lifestyle from party animal to preschool teacher and fitness instructor. He's picked up a ton of stories along the way and I'm really looking forward to sharing them with you. Let us know what you think about the episode. I mean, pause it and give us some five-star love in iTunes or wherever you get this podcast. And also, we're always open to feedback on how to improve the podcast, questions we should ask our guests, and who we should have on the show. Feel free to get at us at andysteves.com. Thanks a million, and I hope you enjoy. Sharing tips, tricks, and tales from around the globe, this is Travel for the Next Generation. You're listening to the Andy Steves Travel Podcast. Episode 14. So this is Andy Steves with the Andy Steves Travel Podcast. I'm uh, having a little conversation with my good friend, Ryan O'Donnell. He's from New York State originally, picked up the expat life in Prague. He is a personal trainer or just general trainer, Ryan? Uh, well, I work at a CrossFit gym, so I teach group classes. I teach group CrossFit classes, and then I also do personal training. I got like four or five clients. I flew through JFK last week, and I missed you, brother. I was like, where's my... <laughs> triple double vodka drinking buddies <laughs> vodka you had no one to slam vodka sodas with oh my gosh that was a that was a tab of 60 bucks each 60 bucks each and then they're like you guys want another one and those beers are like 14 bucks or some crazy shit oh, like that man sucks. it's like 12 it's like 12 50 it's like are you it's kidding like worse, me worse than stadium beers and this is Coors Light I like I, I think I made that mistake at JFK Buffalo Wild Wings. Beware, because they do not put prices on their pints in the menu, and it comes out to your table at like twelve fifty plus tax, and you're like, "Geez, yeah, they're brutalizing." Yeah, I, mean, so, I mean, I love course, I love course light, but not at twelve fifty a pint. Yeah, no, not at all. What I'm excited to do to talk to you about is what's been the last five years like in Prague. Um, it's changed a lot. And let's start off with what made you come to Prague in the first place. Uh, yeah, so basically, so I, I, I kind of always wanted to try to live over in Europe for an extended period of time ever since I studied abroad in college. Uh, so I did my study abroad in, in Perugia, Italy, and I had a great time. I think that's why that my experience there was, was really good. In so, what year? Um, uh, this was 2007, summer 2007. So I... Uh, yeah, I basically went home, graduated from college, and like I said, I worked at a couple different schools. I worked in some reading programs, some mentoring programs. So I really liked working with students, So, but I wanted to come back and live in Europe for an extended period of time. So I basically you know, did some research online and figured out the best way to do that would be to teach English abroad. I looked into several different, you know, the TEFL programs, the, the English certification programs to teach. Uh, basically, my goal was to go, to go back to Italy because I went back there in 2010 for six months, 
um, because I basically decided that I wanted to move back to Europe. So I went to Italy for six months to learn the language. And then I was going to come home and then go back and teach. So I went for six months. I learned a good amount of the language, but this is 2010. And most of my time there, I just spent basically partying. Um, I don't regret it because I met a lot of really cool people that I still stay in, in contact with today. Uh, and I really enjoyed my time there. But I went home to, um, to save up more money. And then, like I said, I, I found uh, the um, certification course was here in Prague. So I came back to do my certification. I plan on staying for a year, met a girl, and I'm here five years later. We broke up about a year and a half ago, but, uh, you know. But you've committed to life in Prague. Basically, at this point, yeah. I'm basically, you know, settled down. I, I started off as a teacher here. I worked as a teacher for two full school years. Um, when you met me, I was working as a bartender. I still did that on the weekends, and I did it full-time during the during the summers. You went from party animal to, like, no, dude, I work tomorrow. I got to teach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I was basically teaching and bartending full-time. And then... Um, yeah, like I said, I used to play sports, so I just got, I just kind of, for me, it just spiraled out of control uh, as far as my, my health went. Yeah, because as a competitive person, you can also, um, you know, if you don't have that outlet, um, you can end up uh, developing other habits. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And I, I, de I I've developed all those habits. I've gone through, I've gone through most of them. <laughs> Uh, spent most of my 20s, basically, in and out of those types of habits. <laughs> so you did your research. You figured out that teaching English would be the most direct way to get abroad and get visa and do everything legally. Is that the case? Basically, yes. Yeah, I did, I did, every, I did everything by the book. The, um, I got hired by a company full-time uh, to teach English when I first got here. Um, I don't really teach too much anymore. I teach uh, two days a week, but I teach, I, I teach preschool now. Gotcha. That's it's a lot more fun. I want to know about uh, the economics of, of teaching English in a country like Prague. Um, well, when I first got here, um, I was getting paid for 45 minutes. I was getting paid 170 crowns. So I was basically getting about, about 10 bucks an hour. 10 bucks an hour. Um, yeah, uh, basically is what I was getting. So I had to work really hard. I had to travel a lot. You're going to different places every day. Um, the company really tried to work with me and, and make my schedule as convenient as possible, but it's not always it's not always the the case. I can't say I had a bad experience with it. It was tiring at times, but the money was okay. I was making at that time about fourteen thousand crowns a month teaching, which at that time was only about seven hundred dollars. But um, I was working on the weekends as well at the bar, and I was making about an extra ten thousand a month there crowns. So I was about 24, 25,000 crowns a month, which was about a thousand bucks, which even, even now, five years later, if, if you're, you know, a young, a young kid just out of college and you're just looking to get, you know, uh, like a flat share, live with other people your age, and you basically just want to teach and then go out on the weekends and have a few beers and go party with your friends. That's fine. In the long term, it's not going to be a career thing. But if you want to do it for a couple of years, it's definitely doable. And you can even save enough money to, to travel. You know, you can basically go out and find lunch in Prague at a restaurant. Um, you know, they have lunch specials every day. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, a meal and a beer for like 140 crowns a lot of places, which, you know, is under $10. So it's, you know, less than an hour of work. As long as you find um, the, you know, the spots that are away from the exactly. tourists. Exactly. You know, I don't know how many people that have, have, have listening to this, like, are going to listen to this that have, 
that have been to Prague before. But if you're, you know, up near Prague Castle or near the astronomical clock, oh. you're not going to find these deals. No way. Right. But chances are, if you're living in the city, you're not going to live right in the center, um, especially if you're on a teacher's salary. So, you know, your neighborhood spots and you'll find them. Just explore your neighborhood. Um, you can live pretty comfortably on that. Um, it's, 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 it's not, it's not difficult to live, to live comfortably on, on not a lot of money here. Yeah. Like cost of living is just a lot lower. You get paid less, but cost of living is lower. Mm. Oh yeah, exactly. So it evens out and it's not, you know, you don't have, you know, compared to Americans, you don't have car insurance. Uh, you don't have health insurance cause your, your company pays for that. Uh, you don't got to put gas in your car. You know, it's even if you live in an American city, I know that the public transport tickets are super expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I paid I paid under two hundred dollars in February of this year for a year long Metro Pass. It's like one hundred and seventy dollars <laughs> equivalent. It's, it's ridiculous. Okay, so a couple things. It seems like Prague is Prague a particularly popular place to come teach English. It feels like more yeah. people come to Prague to teach English than they do to go to Amsterdam or to Paris or to Barcelona. Yeah, and like I said, it's a little bit easier to get a visa here um, than it is in some of those other places I heard. Um, Spain, there's a lot of places in Spain I know that people go to, to teach English that are really popular too. I know they have a, a saying in Spain, the Spanish people call them uh, profesora de playa, something like that, like teachers of the beach because it's people that go there, they get a visa to stay for six months, then quit their job and just sit on the beach and hang out. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people I've met that have come here to teach English. Not a lot of people stick with it. Um, like I said, I, I, I didn't want to make a career out of it, but I'm still in the industry. So that now, um, it's still about the money for me now. I think by the end of the school year, it won't be as much, um, because I'm, uh, you know, I'm building my, my, you know, my, my other career up more, but it's a job that I'll probably do forever just because it's fun. And, uh, and, and, it, you know, you know, I like it. Let's rewind to the, uh, your nightlife and party phase. Um, if you were to describe the vibe, the scene in Prague, is it super hipster? Is it just like beer and cigarettes? Is it smoky, dark? Is it fun, happy? Yeah. I, I mean, um, yeah, it's changed a little bit. I mean, back, if I can talk about it back then briefly, basically it, it, you could, you could get in anywhere dressed like anything. Um, like the word dirt dog comes to mind. Um, it was really, it was really kind of dirt dog. It, it, it basically it was, it was like, yeah. And for me, I loved it because, you know, I was a guy in college where I didn't go to like, I didn't like, you know, like to go to the you crew know, the would walk around Prague, like the beautiful municipal city in, uh, in flip flops. Yeah. Basically we had, <laughs> all summer we had flip flops. We all had the same drunken monkey t-shirts on and, uh, we used to just go party constantly. I remember that summer, anyone that's been to Prague has probably been to Harley's. I'm sure you have. Yes. Um, that summer, Harley's was like the hottest bar to go to. And we had a table there every night. I mean, from July till the end of September, just every night until like five in the morning at Harley's. <laughs> I think there was maybe four nights that I wasn't there. Um, but then we also, used to, we also used to go to like really nice clubs like Duplex or Mecca and just rock in with T-shirts and, and you know, khaki shorts and flip-flops. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was basically lawless. You could get away with anything. Um, the way I would say it's changed is I've noticed there's Harley's isn't as popular as it was. It still is. Um, but down in the center, there's a lot of more um, bars like um, there's a place called Steampunk that's open now. That's a little bit more upscale. Like they won't mm-hmm. let you in there in flip flops. Yeah. Um, there's a couple bars around there like James Dean, I'm pretty sure. And a couple other places um, that are down in that area, that Deloha area, just off of off of Old Town Square, if you're familiar with the city, basically in the center. 
that the bars are still there, but they, you know, they basically have kind of a dress code. You can still go in there with a t-shirt on, but it can't be ripped and you, you go, you, you, your toes can't be showing. Um, so it's, it's cleaned up a little bit. It's still, you know, it's not as, you know, it's not like where you're going to find it in an upscale area in Paris or London oh or my something gosh. like that. And can you imagine um, how much it's changed since like the early nineties? Like, Oh I, yeah. I'm sure back then it was just completely lost. You know, I'm sure you've heard a few so. stories from old timers like, um, Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Those guys that have been here since like 92, 93. Yeah. And it was even worse back then. Uh, and by, <laughs> by worse, I mean like it's much, like much it better. Really my, type of, <laughs> my type of scene. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's also a lot of, uh, a lot of restaurants have opened up. I mean, there's more of a, I think that the culinary culture has grown a little bit more. And Prague's definitely picking up its game. It's changing. It's getting more yeah. expensive though. I mean, beer has gone from, sure. you know, 24 always to 30 to 35. Yeah. I mean, I get, there's a, there's a dive right across the street from my house that, you know, you can still get a beer for under 30 crowns. So, and those are the places I like is these kind of off the beaten path. This episode of Andy Steve's Travel Podcast is brought to you by our break trips. Spring, summer, fall, have a blast across some of our favorite cities. We have Central Europe that starts in Berlin, jumps on over to Prague, makes our way over to Krakow, and then Budapest, and Italy, Venice, Cinque Terre, Florence, Rome. The cities sell themselves, and we pack quite an adventure in nine quick days. Check it out at andysteves.com slash break trips. Well, now you've uh, obviously made a very distinct lifestyle change and you're healthy now. Uh-huh. Um, I'd love to know some of your tips for staying in shape while on the road. Like for me, w- here's what I do. I'll run up to Letna Park, for example. Um, so about a mm-hmm. mile there and then I'll do a lap around Letna and then do a series of like burpees and squats and pushups um, and then mm-hmm. run home. That's been my go to to just stay sh- in shape and fit while, you know, on the road because you can't fit a bike into your bag. You can't, you know, get a gym membership everywhere. Um, do you have a go-to? Uh, so it depends on the length of your trip and the and the, the type of traveler you are. For me, you know, obviously for me, I'm a, I'm a fitness junkie. It's my life. You know, I'm lifting weights, doing gymnastics, running, rowing, doing all this type of stuff all the time. So for me, it's kind of like an addiction where I, you know, if I'm gone for four days, I, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like shit. Yeah, if, um, if, if I'm in the routine of running every day, it comes and goes. <laughs> yeah. But when I'm in the so, routine, yeah. I will feel that withdrawal of like, wow, I need to run, you know, to get my head right. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, staying active is, is the, the number one thing. And in, in, in Europe, I don't really have uh, that much experience traveling other places in the world besides Europe. Um, but it's really, really easy to stay active when you're traveling in Europe. I mean, every city that you go to is going to have a walking tour. Um, that's a really good way. Walking around all day. You know, you're staying active. Uh, even if you don't want to go on these touristy walking tours, I remember, for example, when my ex-girlfriend and I went to Berlin, we picked out a bunch of different things that we want to see, circled them on the map, and then figured out how we could walk to each one. So we did like our own walking tour. Mm-hmm. So um, there's things you can do in your hotel room. You know, like I said, a fitness junkie like me, I'm used to working out. Um, so there's a several different websites um, that you can go to. There's one called the Traveling Wad, W-O-D. There, if you just type out workouts I can do while traveling. And it just comes down to just think about just think about movements you can do with your with your body. You know, I'll I'll be in my hotel room and I'll wake up in the morning and, you know, have a glass of water. And before I even eat breakfast, I'll, you know, set up a okay, okay, I'm going to do 10 rounds as fast as I can of 10 push ups, 10 sit ups, 10 squats. 
Yeah. You know, and knock that out. That's going to take me, what, 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. Um, by the end, I'm sweating my ass off and, you know, my chest is burning, my legs are burning. Um, and it's just, you know, a nice quick workout, something like that. Um, you can do lunges. Um, a lot of people, if they're, you know, if they, if, if they go to the gym a lot, they know what their weaknesses are. For me, I'm not very flexible. So what I do when I'm traveling is I spend a lot of time stretching on the floor of my hotel rooms, the floors of my Airbnbs. Hmm. Outside of that, I mean, you can go on bike tours. Like, yeah, you can't fit a bike in your bag, but you can rent one everywhere. Um, usually every city has a really nice park. You can go there and, you know, make a run around. The one thing um, I, I love to do is, um, you know, exploring a new city by going on a run, like going, being yeah, ready to get exactly. lost and either have a map in your pocket or uh, have data on your phone or, or you yeah. know, whatever saved so that you can find your way back eventually. But just run as far as half as you want to run and then figure out your way home. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've exactly. gone on much longer runs than I intended by just getting lost and ending up on the completely different side of town. But uh, but yeah. hey, by the end of that run, I knew my way around. And that's a great way to work out some stress, you know, get ready for bed if you're dealing with jet lag or whatever. And uh, yeah, and yeah. also begin to get oriented. Yeah, and you bring up, you bring up something else talking about running. If you're planning on staying active when you're on you're on vacation or holiday, whatever you want to call it, bring sneakers, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you can run in them. Uh, that goes for walking too. You, your feet are going to be killing you if you if you don't bring something good to walk in, um, especially if you plan on walking around. Guys, hiking boots. Unless you're like literally going up the Swiss Alps, you don't need hiking boots for a trip in Europe. It's an urban place these days, and so yeah. you need comfortable walking shoes and a set of running shoes. So yeah, and then and then I mean. You can ask any hostel you stay at, you can ask them, you know, uh, you know, if, if they can help you with, you know, where should I walk? Is there a bike tour around? Mm-hmm. Um, is there a fitness center I could use around? Things like this. Um, if you're staying in hotels, um, you know, if you're a little bit more upscale, if you're not Airbnb or you're staying in hotels, maybe you're traveling for business. Um, you know, there's a, there's a website um, called fitforbusiness.com, which actually rates rates hotels in different areas in different countries united states canada and even countries in, in europe it, it ranks how their fitness centers are in their hotels so if you're trying to book a hotel for for work or something like that and you want to stay you want to stay active then then you can do that don't want to don't want to sit here and be a, a shill for the for the for the man i'm working for but you know if you're like a if you're a crossfit guy like me you send an email to any of the any of the cities that you go to say hey i want to drop it into a class i mean I get people. I just had a guy from Denmark that was in my class yesterday who was, who was in town for three days. You know, somebody's doing CrossFit in L.A. or Buenos Aires or, you know, Sydney, Australia, and they're in Prague for business or vacation. They send us an email. Um, as long as they have six months experience, then they can, they can you know, pay a, sh- a small fee and they can drop in, as we say, and, and join a class for us for, for, for a day, for an hour. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people come for a week. They come every day, the whole mm-hmm. week. I'm not that familiar with CrossFit. Do you, um, is it a membership sort of thing where you pay a monthly thing or is it a per class? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People pay, people pay, people pay a monthly at our gym. It depends on the gym you go to though. I, I mean, I can't really, I can't really speak for all gyms. Our gym is monthly. I've been in different neighborhoods in cities all around the world and I'll just be seeing like a string of people running around a block and then I'll realize, oh, they're on a CrossFit cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably us. So... I mean, the other thing, and I, I talked about it with, with staying fit and staying active on the road is, you know, making good choices about what you eat. You know, just because you're traveling to Italy doesn't mean you have to eat pizza and pasta every meal. Mm-hmm. If you're there for the weekend, great. You know, two days isn't going to kill you. You know, I tell, people, I tell my clients that all the time when they, when they get down on themselves about, you know, I, I fell off my nutrition plan on Saturday and Sunday. I say, you know, eating bad for two days is not going to make you fat. 
just the same as eating good for two days isn't going to make you fit. Right. But, you know, if you're traveling, if you're traveling for a week somewhere, you know, just like I said, just because you're in just because you're in Italy doesn't mean you have to eat pizza every single meal. That could be fun, but not for me, not not during this visit. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, my my extended visits, my extended vacations um, are always going home. So um, I, I when I go back to visit my family, of course, there's a lot of that food in the States that I miss, like the, you know, American pizza, for example, I really like. Uh, there's a Chinese place that I really like where I'm from. You know, it's all this stuff, cheeseburgers, you know, you can't get cheeseburgers here like you can there. The first couple of times I went home, even when I was working out here, I would end up coming back after like, you know, 17 days, putting on like five, six pounds. The, my record was seven in 20 days, seven pounds I put on. Yikes. Um, and that's, yeah, that's because I was just pounding food left and right, three meals a day, crushing Sour Patch Kids, all the <laughs> shit that I can't get here. So, you know, I was just hammering, hammering garbage all the time. So what I do now is when I go home is basically I try to eat well two thirds of the time. It's like breakfast and dinner. All... I'll you know I'll I'll eat uh, I'll, I'll I'll eat something you know basically good for me, and then maybe I'll go out to lunch with my buddies and you know eat some garbage. Um, so you know try to try to limit yourself on that. Make make smart choices. Mm -hmm. Try to eat vegetables. Eat you know lean proteins. Um, and you, you know, know in Europe people eat fresh and eat healthy naturally they they do you know and so i think you make a really a couple really good points here is eat healthy just because you're on vacation doesn't mean that you have to eat like fried cheese all every single day right or every single meal eat it for sure eat it that's why that's one of the reasons you're there booze too you got to watch your booze like i said two three days if it's friday to sunday i wouldn't worry about it too much but if you're on if you're on vacation for, you know, a couple of weeks, I mean, everyone that's, every, I don't know about everyone, but most people I've been really hung over. I mean, what do you eat when you're hung over? You know, when I wake up with a blistering hangover, I'm like, shit, I want some pizza. I want, you know, I just, I want to eat some garbage, you know? So, um, you know, typically drinking will lead to bad eating behavior yeah. too. And be smart about what you drink. If you're, you know, just cause you're in Germany doesn't mean you have to drink 15 beers when you go out and get, yeah. get pounded, you know, you can have four or five and then, you know, start slamming vodka sodas. Vodka sodas are kind of nice because no added calories. You got vodka in there. It's fairly light. You got a little bit of lime. You got your basic food groups in there. They'll sneak up on you, though. Yeah, for I'll sure. Tell you that much. <laughs> hey, travelers. We're going to try out a new segment here. It's going to be called Crazy Thing I Did Last Week. I'm going to share some stuff and I want some contributions from you guys. You can call our number at 425-320-3992 and leave a message about the craziest thing you did related to travel last week. I'll go first. So I was just in Colombia. I turned 30 last Friday. I can't believe it. I have gray hairs. Um, that was Friday. During that week, uh, I was in Medellin with my good friend Stephen McPhillamy, and we went to have a meeting with a real estate agency, and I got connected with these guys, started seeing some apartments there in downtown Medellin, and uh, we found a place I liked on the last day and it turns out this family was overextended with too many properties in Medellin. So they're trying to unload a few for cash. And I made a lowball offer and for the same price as a, you know, two bedroom apartment 30 minutes outside of Seattle, I found a double floor penthouse right in the middle of Loreles between two uh, great evening um, hot life or uh, nightlife 
hot zones and uh, great food. You can have empanadas, empanadas for about 60 cents each, making a dinner for about three bucks if you want. Breakfast is about $1.50 and a power business lunch is about four bucks. Beans, rice, uh, soup, bacon, plantains, and uh, some avocado. So the cost of living there is incredible. The real estate value is going up. I found this place for a great price, something that wouldn't go anywhere near as far back home in Seattle. And I was like, let's just uh, see what happens. So they took it and my plans for this apartment are gonna be, I'll spend my off time there, maybe two to four months a year. We'll see if I like it. So uh, we'll be having the link up on my website with all about it, pictures, videos, and more. I'm gonna be flying uh, back to Medellin next week. So anyways, turn 30 on Friday, signed the papers for that on Sunday, flew to Cincinnati to do a talk on Tuesday, and then hopped a plane over on Thursday uh, to Dublin, where I currently am setting up for our Dublin St. Paddy's Day festivities. Anyways, that was the crazy stuff I did last week. What's yours? Would you recommend, you know, some of the top spots that somebody's going to have to see? Obviously, when you're thinking about the main sites, it's going to be Charles Bridge, Castle, and Clock Tower when they come to Prague. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people know about the Lennon Wall. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned Letna Park earlier. I don't think a lot of people that come to the city know about it. Letna Park Beer Garden, I tell people, is a must. You know, they call Prague the city of, you know, a thousand spires. And the Letna Park, you have to walk up a bunch of stairs to get there. But the beer garden offers, you know, really, really, I mean, I would say, like, hate to sound like a travel, like, writer, whatever, but, you know, breathtaking views of the city. If you're up there, <laughs> you know, watching the sunset in the summer. Uh -huh. And you can get, a, you know, a cheap beer up there and get really nice views of the, of the city. And it's free. Uh, that's a great place to go. Restaurants, I, I can do. I mean, um, there's a lot of places here that are really, really good. There's a place directly in the center that's still relatively cheap that is called Malostranska Beseda. It's one of the only Czech restaurants in the center where Czech people who live outside the center will come in and eat there. Really? That's uh, Maloste, it's, it's, Malostranska Beseda. Yeah, it's right at Malostranska Damesti. So right down from the castle. Um, anybody that comes to visit me, I take them there. And then uh, I'll give you two other places that are kind of off the beaten track that are some of my favorite places to go. And they're both actually microbreweries, if people are into that. Yeah. One is called Pivovar Hostivar, spelled like Hostivar. That place is great. And there's another place just outside the city, uh, Pivovar Unitice, which is another place that's really, really good. That's U-N-E-T-I-C-E. -E. Um, and they're both microbreweries slash restaurants that are a little bit of a drive, a little bit of an Uber ride outside the center, but definitely worth a trip. Beer's great. Food's great. They're both really, really as awesome As much as places. you spend on an Uber, you're probably saving and exactly uh, in, yeah in your and, and you, you, you're there these are these aren't places that you just go eat and leave um these are places where you'd hang out and try a bunch of different beers you know you order a, a starter or a soup you know everything it's it's the kind of the whole, whole sure. shebang uh what's the spot down the river oh i was gonna bring that up too if you're here i was gonna say if you're here during the summer zute lasny zute lasny yeah. Um, yeah yeah zute lasny yeah it's just south of the city it's like a beach um on the river um, we go there a lot during the summer, uh, play beach volleyball. You can go paddle boarding, you jump in the river. Though it's Like I said, it's to the south side of the city. The river flows north. So I, I, I tell people I've been swimming there for, you know, this is this past summer was my sixth summer. And it's a really cool scene. You can just go and lounge for all day. You can drink, you can yeah. eat, you can play. 
Let's see. Uh, let's wrap up with the three nightlife suggestions. Like what sort of um, bars, clubs, a few recommendations to give a, a wide ranging slice of, uh, of what Punk uh, has to offer. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So um, I have a particular scene that I like, which is which is not the electronic, you know, dance like crazy party scene. There's the, the place I'll suggest to everyone. And you've been there a bunch. Last time you were here, I saw you there is Deja Vu. If you want to go have a cocktail, you know, the lounge upstairs is really good. Um, go hang out and have cocktails. Their happy hour is great. And also it's a good place to bring, bring people at night because upstairs they have a lounge if you don't want to go nuts, but downstairs they also have a dance club. Mm-hmm. I um, love dance bars, man. That's my favorite where you can chill if you want to, you can dance if you want to, if the mood yeah. strikes, you know. So on top of that, if you really want to go party, Harley's and James Dean kind of have a similar vibe. I, I prefer Harley's. They don't play you know electronic music. They play a lot of classic rock, classic like 80s funny songs, even like, contemporary but like rock and you know sing-along type of songs it's a lot of fun the atmosphere there's kind of laid back really mixed bag you've got tourists you've got the hell's angels locals that are younger locals that are older a lot of expats like myself that's a really cool scene i love that place um james dean kind of has a similar vibe going on i would say harley's draws a little bit of an older crowd probably because of the rock vibe yeah james dean maybe is a little bit younger um, if you're looking to go out and, you know, go dance and you're more of, you know, the drum and bass, electronic, you know, techno, this type of person, a lot of people really like Roxy. Also, if you're, if you're into this, not that I am, but there's always DJs and different things going on here. Ryan, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate no your problem, time. Man, it's been awesome catching up a little bit. Dicky Motes. Thanks Dickie a lot. Dicky Motes, Ryan. Hey, I'll, I'll catch up with you <laughs> soon. All right, brother. All right. Thanks, man. Nice talking to you. Thanks again for listening. Find all show details, links, and tips at andysteves.com. You can connect with WSA Europe, Andy's tour company, at WSA Europe on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you next time. Happy travels.